0: Welcome back to the In Awe Podcast and what is proving to be a series filled with wisdom, laughter, and courage. Each guest continues to inspire me with their fearlessness in the face of challenge, and today's guests do it with much grace and style. Two head principals early in their career, Karen and Christy, began the Modern Principle together to organize a community of queens, doing their best to lead and reform education no matter their role. The Modern Principle is a collection of thoughts on all subjects' education that helps to redefine the role of leadership in our schools. They use their combined voices to steer the new generation of teacher leaders and administrators as they examine the systems in place in schools that challenge the status quo. They strive for social justice, mentorship, and community, and doing it all with a whole lot of style. Listeners, I love this conversation with Christy and Karen and know you will be captivated by their mission just as I am. In this episode, we learn about what prompted them to start the modern principle, challenges they faced, and their passions around building a community of edgy queens. We laughed, traveled down unexpected roads, and these ladies made my heart pound with the good work they're doing. I am honored to amplify for you the modern principle with Christy and Karen's fearlessness story. Hello, and welcome to the In Awe podcast, Christy and Karen. I am so excited to have you featured and for my listeners to come to the Modern Principles. Welcome. Thank
1: you. Hi. Thank
0: you. Christy and Karen, I got connected with you two ladies just honestly on Instagram and usually, okay, so let's be frank. Jessica Johnson is the one who found you and (laughs) I have mentioned her frequently. Like She is the ultimate connector. So when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, these ladies need to be on my podcast. For my community. So, would you just do us a favor and give uh, the context? Like, what are you up to in the world so our listeners can know a little bit more about you?
2: Perfect. Yeah, I'm going to make Christy go first.
1: Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Christy, so you guys can get to know our voices a little bit. Um, Karen and I are both elementary principals, and we live and work um, in Kansas City and the surrounding districts of Kansas City, Missouri. Um, both elementary principals, I'm in a K 5 building. Actually, pre-K through five. We just started a pre-K program too. Um, And so I started out with Teach for America. I taught middle school and um, then moved into an instructional coaching role. and, And then, you know, going into the admin side of things. So here
2: I am. Awesome. And I, um, I'm Karen. Um, I am, yes, I'm in my sixth year as an elementary principal. I'm pre-K through fourth, actually, um, with the behavior skills program and a few other programs in my building. Um, I have, um, I started out like straight out of college, but I did a non-traditional way out of college. I knew I wanted to be a teacher, but um, I actually ended up um, not doing student teaching the traditional way. And I got into an internship program um, where they assign you your own classroom and never having done that before um, with a mentor. And so I did that for three years in the Kansas City, the inner city school district, and I loved it. And then I moved to a district right outside of there for the next seven, became an instructional coach and assistant principal there. And then I moved out here um, to where I'm working now. It's actually a rural school in a more suburban district where I'm the principal now.
1: We're both married. We both have little girls. Um, Fun fact Christy, me, my husband, watches Karen's daughter during the day. So it is taking a village to raise all of our kids. It sure is.
0: (laughs) I just love that because it just blows open the paradigm of what we have, you know, in our modern world. That's what, of course, modern principles that uh, you ladies could be working and that you have this loving family unit at home. And I really appreciate that because that message shows that we can break up the social norms for both genders. And that's, super cool.
1: Yes. Domesticated dad is what we call him.
2: Yes.
0: It's not, it's no small thing. And honestly, uh, anybody who's done childcare at home understands that it, how challenging that is. So,
2: yes. Uh huh.
1: We would not want to be doing that.
0: <laughs> Turns out that not everybody's wired for it. So, that's cool.
2: <laughs> Very
0: true. Thank you for sharing that background. And I also know we decided to feature you here on the Fearlessness series. And this whole series is kind of about you know the fact that we may have fear, uh, but we lead through it anyway. We lead with courage. And so, we decided to place you here. Year, would you ladies want to share just a little bit about why that would be in regard to your story?
2: Yeah, I guess we'll start with the current. We can share some things from the past as well. We started the modern principle earlier this year, and that was a big leap of um, yeah. just diving right into my fears. I don't like to amplify myself on any medium, um, especially um, my, I, I don't take selfies. I don't do any of this. <laughs> um, and so this was really uncomfortable for me and it was uncomfortable to kind of merge my work life And my personal thoughts, Um, and so that was a big fear. And Christy and I have worked together in a previous district, and that's how we knew each other, and we just stayed in touch. And um, so that was a big jump for us to start this brand, but we both really believed in um, the need to do something like this. And so that's kind of why we took that leap. Yeah, as a principal, you are the face of your building, you are representative of your district. And so
1: it is really nerve wracking to make sure that you are representing yourself in that figurehead role that you're in, um, while also making sure that you're protecting the dignity of your families and your staff, Mm -hmm. um, and being authentic um, to our quote unquote Followers (laughs) Followers <laughs> um, to make sure that we're having honest conversation and we're doing our part to kind of reform education.
0: I love it because it's really this nice image, but it's also about the you know the meat and potatoes of reforming education. That's that's a big phrase, and so I appreciate that so much and love that you are you've taken this leap because we could sit there in our imposter syndrome for just as long as we'll allow to do that, right?
2: <laughs> 100. Uh,
0: when you reference the past, you want to talk a little bit about that, what you've overcome to get here?
2: Yeah, I guess fear was always just diving right in head first was always a part of both of our journeys. Um, like I said, when I first started teaching, I had no experience and they gave me my very own classroom. Um, and I'd never student taught or anything like that. And I just didn't know anything different than do. So um, I didn't, ever think twice about it, just diving in. And I guess I've kind of kept that mentality moving forward. The same when I became a head principal, like there was no safety net. Um, there was no assistant principal, instructional coach. It was just like, here you go. Here's a building. <laughs> <Have at laughs> it. Have at it. Yep. There was no manual left for me on the desk with like day one, do this. So um, that's just kind of a part of how we operate. Um, both of us through our journeys.
1: Yeah, same here. I did teach for America in Houston, Texas, and similar, you don't get um, student teaching. You have kind of a three-week training period, and then you are in a classroom. And I graduated college early, so I was newly 21, and I was in an eighth grade classroom. And in Texas at the time, there were high-stakes testing where you didn't pass on to the next grade level if you didn't pass your test. So most most of my eighth graders were um, 15, 16, and a few 17-year-olds. And so we were only a few years apart. And um, I mean, I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> and But ultimately, you know, j- jumping in, fighting through it, and um, what's the worst that can happen? I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be fearless about it. Yeah. And I think, I think so much
2: of that blind courage that we both have... <laughs> Um, especially with l- l- not a lot of reason to have that courage, just comes from the strength of our calling. It's never, um, I've never wavered that this is the calling for me. I've exactly. never once thought I want to try something else. Um, I feel so much fulfillment even when I'm failing in what I'm doing <laughs> um, that I, I uh, that's just why we keep doing what we do. Yep.
0: Absolutely. That's a really powerful message to hear too, because it's just so easy for us to label ourselves based upon you know, those failures, like you said. And we all fail. I mean, every single one of us. And there's just so, there's like, I think in the principalship, there are just like a thousand opportunities to do that every day.
1: Every (laughs) day. And it's it's magnified. Everyone sees all of
0: your failures. Oh man. I still remember those first few years. I don't know if you felt this way, but this idea of decision fatigue, where like I'd go out to dinner with my husband because we were really trying to keep- those processes in place. And I'd be like, I, I don't know what I want to order. <laughs>
2: right. I can't get yes. a single decision. My yeah. husband and I now have a good thing. I'll just say, he'll say like, what do you want to do? And I'll just write no in a text and he'll know, like, I am done with decision making. <laughs> I am yielding the control to you, sir. Take over. <laughs>
0: well, that's really wise already figuring that out um, in your own little work-life balance, because it's just too easy to be the primary decision maker in every space. And it's just, it's too exhausting. Yes. It's just not yes. fair. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. So I want to just talk a little bit about some of those. So some of those fear barriers that you broke through because I love how you just you know blind courage, but um, <laughs> being a, a young woman in
1: leadership. Thank you for calling us young.
0: You are. Uh, you, it has its unique challenges, right? So do you want to talk a little bit about some of those? We don't have to get too deep in, but just any that you're comfortable sharing.
1: Of course, that's definitely something that that we think about. And um, Karen directly followed. Um, a principal who was very different demographic than she was in terms of an older
2: male. Yeah. Both, both principals that came before me were both older males and both had been there 15 plus years. Um, and so th- I, I, well, like I said, I work in a rural community and I live in the, um, in Kansas city. Like my commute is 55 minutes to my job. Mm -hmm. And so like, I was the guy, the two men that followed before me came from small towns. Um, and were just very like quickly accepted by the community. And then there's me, um, (laughs) a young in her thirties girl from the city. One thing I was not expecting, um, was, the challenges that the community would put me through, um, it almost was like hazing, so to speak, um, just just constant pushing back on every kind of thing I did that first year. And I really felt such a difference my second year. Um, like I said, I just pushed through that fear of like, is this ever going to get better? Is this ever going to get better? I just don't let myself live in that. I just push forward of like, it's got to get better. And by year two, I could feel a total shift in the community um, because the kids loved Coming to school and the, and the staff was was happy and so I could just totally feel that I got through that first year and they were like okay mm. you are different than what we're used to but we're getting okay with you <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. I think and similar for me um I have been kind of bouncing back and forth between elementary and secondary. And a lot of my um, colleagues that I knew and could reach out to were males my first year as an elementary principal. And so I reached out, you know, on a situation and I said, Hey, what can I do here? And the guy that I had called gave me some advice. And I was just like, there is no way that I can do that as a 30 year old woman and get the same response that you do. And so that was, I think that was in my first few weeks of being a head principal. And I was like, I've got to get a female network because people do. Unfortunately, we we still respond to women differently than we respond to men, and so your, you know, your leadership strategy has to look a little bit different.
0: I really appreciate that and just appeal this apart for our listeners just in case because I know that this conversation is not comfortable for everybody. I know uh, really? that there are still people out there that say leaders are leaders, there's no difference in gender, and I have zero problem saying that that is an issue we have to acknowledge the differences. It's just like when we talk about race, if we say we're colorblind, we're not actually addressing the differences and therefore we're not really being fair in our conversations and in the way we move. So I just wanna applaud you first of all, for seeing that the way you would handle that would be perceived differently just based on who you are because I'll be honest, I probably wasn't wise enough To even acknowledge that I would be perceived like, no, it's just the right leadership behavior. Uh We know, um, especially like when we study these things, we know that there's a, there's a double bind and also, and of course those social norms are different. So even to flip that, you could handle something a certain way and a male would be perceived differently depending on how, you know, so it goes both ways and I just really value that you bring that up because... it's so sticky, but
2: (laughs) it is. is. And I appreciate you pointing out that it does go both ways. There are some things that like, um, I, I think that we're very, I don't know. I don't know if this is a female quality more than a male, but we are both very like I'm very nurturing and um, not by nature, but I force it in this position (laughs) as a principal because I I know that my staff needs that attention and um, that support in that way. And I don't know, like my husband is entering the admin world and he had never thought to write someone a handwritten note as a thank you. And I don't know if that's a male, female thing or just a personality thing, but like, he's just like, Oh, you do that. And I'm like, yeah, I do that twice a week. Like it's what I do. Um, and so that's just been interesting to kind of share notes about the differences and how we lead. It's
0: so good. It's so gold because here you are a female saying, well, I'm not actually a nurturer by nature. It's something that I do. You know, I exercise my non-dominant hand because it's a good leadership behavior. And, we often think, you know, oh, uh-huh. female, you're obviously n- you're nurturing by nature. And that tends to happen because of social norming. But, you know, it's, it's just a good leadership behavior, knowing what your, what your yeah. stakeholders <laughs> need. So really great, great point. Yeah,
1: I'm giggling because neither one of us is a nurturer. <laughs> <laughs> we're just. <laughs> talking about our Enneagram 3-ness. Yes. We just want to get in and get the job done, but we've both had to do work to make sure that we are nurturing our staff. So yeah, it's, it's not hard for kids, but yes. I think on the adult side, we both have to work at that aspect.
0: That's mm-hmm. so good. Love, love, love that we're talking about this. I know we didn't even really mean to go this way, but it's just really important that we understand that we are all human beings that have complicated makeups that really transcend any one piece of us, you know, gender or race or whatever, but I, I really love the example you gave about the handwritten note, by the way, and you and your husband. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk a little bit more about um, this fearlessness too. And I really appreciate that you kind of bring up just you as a person, you know, r- jumping into these roles and being blindly courageous and all that. But you also have now created um, a network because It is so important that we have people around us to support us. And when we can't find that community, we need to make it. So do you want to talk a little bit about um, kind of your framework with the Modern Principle and what you're doing for women leaders? Yeah, Yeah.
1: we um, kind of got started um, because we were both on Twitter, um, you know, when the rise of the um, Ed Chats came about. And um, I just felt like we both kind of felt like it was too hard to get to the depths to create a true network and 140 characters. Um, and we felt like it was maybe overly positive a lot of times when we did join some of those chats and some of those PLNs. And so, um, and honestly it would make me feel
2: like I was a failure yeah. a lot <laughs> yes. of the times because I'd be like, how are you doing all of this? Like, this is a perfect world. I, my school is nowhere near this. Yes. And so it just felt very, um, harming to my psyche to stay in that world.
1: And so mm-hmm. we, um, Developed the Modern Principle, and um, it's we started out kind of just as an Instagram presence and grew into a blog and a kind of half-done vlog (laughs) that we're trying, (laughs) Um, but really to connect um, particularly women leaders, um, and not necessarily principals, but anybody in the um, education leadership world, whether that's teacher leader, um, administrator, coach, we're even um, trying to include parents and families, um, in that, because what we've realized is that we, we don't have those conversations all together very often.
2: Yeah. And we also, you know, we realize there is just so much of the old role of principle. Um, that isn't what we look like now. And, um, and I don't mean like appearance wise, but like our job is so different than what I think people have an image of in the community and the greater stakeholders at large. And we just wanted to make sure to amplify that as well. And the role of education. So many times um, education is the first scapegoat when there's something wrong in our community or our society. And we just wanted to amplify the incredibly hard work and challenging work that we all do. And um, kind of break up the paradox of what it looked like when When we were in school, it doesn't look that way now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We don't, as principals, we don't sit in our office and do paperwork and discipline. All of our paperwork is done after hours and discipline looks like being in the trenches, being in there, teaching kids skills, um, and then not to mention all of the instructional leadership and Mm -hmm. marketing and Mm -hmm. um, all of the other things that we do on a day-to-day basis
0: such a a really universal and wonderful message to hear from you because it is so true. And and again, another example of it's so easy to sit in the arena um, in the seats and throw shots when you don't actually know. And I would say I got my license to be a principal back in 2007 and that none of (laughs) It's a very different role than when I was learning to be a principal than when I was actually a
1: principal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. absolutely.
0: It's really kind of funny. Um, so I always think, you know, and when I frame this with the new leaders that I'm working with now, I didn't think I would have to go through a NIMS training um, when I signed up to be a principal for safety. You know, I never knew I'd have to know where the nearest helipad is, um, you know, things like that.
2: Right. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, right. Gosh,
0: I know. So it's a different world, but I really appreciate what you're doing. So can you talk? I love when I've seen on Instagram, this idea of an queen. would you unpack that? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh.
1: It's like kind of our most embarrassing thing, but Karen started it.
2: So I felt like, um, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I said, I drive 55 minutes every day. So it's my, saving grace and a lot of podcasts that are really popular they like call their viewers it's like a community so I was like Christy we need a tag we need something that like everyone can like latch on to if they're part of our team you know whatever and so I was like what about Edgy Queens and we laughed and, and then, then we then had we- nothing else yeah <laughs> so now we have yeah. it cool tool didn't make the cut um, yeah School tool no <laughs> so so
1: yes here we are with edgy Queen and, and they kind of talk about how you know is edgy Queen authentic to us Um, not really. It seems kind of like corny, but at the same time, a lot of what we do in our roles, um, we have to push past some of what is authentic to us and push past and be the leader that our building needs. And that's kind of what the edgy queen is too. It's not the
2: most authentic catchphrase, huh but we we push past and, and we have fun with it. Yeah. And we actually have had some um, people be like, so is this just for women? And like, no, of course not. But we um, we would love anyone to join in this conversation, but Eduqueen was just trendy because we're both girls. So it just made sense.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It does make sense. So I know that you have uh, with that an acronym that is actually Mm -hmm. pretty depth filled. Would you share that a little bit?
1: I love that you say that because we kind of have this, um, cutesy little edgy queen. And then we did, we did, we tried to make sure that the acronym for it had the depth of what our roles entail. Um, and so we can kind of go through those pieces. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too long cause we could talk about, um, our acronym and our beliefs and the tenets of our leadership for a long time. But yeah,
2: we just really wanted people when we say like a modern leader, what does what that does? mean to be, um, and we wanted to make sure that we weren't saying like, I know our handle is the modern principle cause that's what our roles are, but we. we. We really want to talk about leadership because we're trying to push everyone, including parents, including teachers, everyone, um, that you can be a leader in the role that you're in. And in fact, you need to be a leader in the role that you're in. That's the only way that we're going to reform um, our schools the way we need to. So. This is for all leaders, no matter what your role is. So for the first E, examines reality versus C,
1: expected, making sure that we're actually looking at what's truly going on um, and is it meeting our expectation.
2: Yeah. And then the D is dares to be direct. Um, so, so hard for women leaders. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I was actually inspired by this one, by a book I read um, called Radically Candor, um, Radical Candor. And I would recommend that for any woman leader. Um, I don't know Hands if you've down. read it. Have you read it? Do you love (laughs) it? Oh,
0: yes. Yes. Um, Listeners, read Radical Candor. Yes. Yes.
1: Our um, U is unifies the community with a vision. And we chose that word community for a reason because we wanted to make sure that we did include teachers, coaches, parents, um,
2: anybody who is a part of our our village to um, raise and educate children. Yeah. And then the Q is um, for questions systems that undermine equity. So rather than trying to just look at um, solutions, let's really dig to what systems do we already have in place? What are like traditional systems in education that are um, keeping some from having the same experiences as others and really being critical with what we're doing? And are we getting the results that we're intending?
1: The other U is uncovers the root of the problem. We talked a lot about this at our first conference, uh, making sure that we are not just solving problems that we are finding the actual the actual root of the problem and attacking that before just trying to um, address symptoms.
2: Yeah, and then the next E, there's three of them in this acronym, <laughs> um, is evaluates instructional impact, um, and that one I think I think often. Principles like this is a part of our job, but this is the part that I don't know if we're as well equipped for this part as we think we are. That's what I've learned through this journey, um, that it's really it's really challenging to get honest about your instructional impact and making sure that it's equitable as well.
1: And then the other E embraces te- your team personally and guiding them professionally. And we kind of talked about this already, really trying to in, um, embrace our nurturing sides and embracing our our staffs and our teams personally. But while we, we do that, we still have the obligation to to make sure that we're growing them professionally, improving their um, instruction and um, their their impact on kids.
2: And then the N (laughs) is our personal favorite. Um, It's needs to look fly. So it reminds you that you don't have to (laughs) look. I mean, if you go to our Instagram, you'll see that sometimes we simply do just post pictures of our outfits. But um, we do. I mean, it's okay to also be a leader and and like how you dress. So that's okay. It's okay.
1: We try to always have this juxtaposition of deep and shallow, (laughs) deep and shallow.
2: And I
0: actually really love that. And that's why I'm so glad that you're unpacking this on the podcast because I'm a huge fan of your work and hearing all that. um, I mean, that's some really deep content. Like you could teach courses for leadership based upon that content that would take a long, long time to unpack every single thing. And so to end with that kind of whimsical, and you need to look good while doing it. It's so true, <laughs> you know, again, for men and women, but it was an, it's another thing that I would point out is a challenge for women in leadership because there's a, a harsher judgment as it comes to, I mean, just look at dress codes in schools. We spend so much more time talking about right, how know. the young women are dressed versus how the young men. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it is not something that's too shallow, honestly, if you start to unpack. Right.
2: You are right. <laughs>
0: and you ladies do look fly. So you got this.
2: Well, thank you. <laughs> fly is however you decide to determine it. Yeah, you know, It is your own definition of fly.
0: Feeling good. And this is what's cracking me up because I use that and then I'll be like, "Um, do people still use oh that my gosh, word? Totally so no, I know don't.
2: they do. No. <laughs> I, well, I am in my late 30s. So clearly they don't. I'm still in my early.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, that means that at least two other people in this part of the thank world you. do. So That's I'm in right. a change. That's up. right. So thank you for spending some time unpacking that. And I love it. Um, I just love this idea of the modern principle and how you tie a community together and just the work that you're doing to create the space for others and deep learning. It's not just this. Um, you know, it's fun to be a principal. Life is good. I like, Great. you know, because it is. And, I, and actually, yeah. we're talking in the pre-chat because my listeners know that I'm not currently in that role. Who knows? Um, you know, I hope to be in it. I've never left it out of a desire to be gone or or burnout. But it there is a glamorous uh-huh. part of the any role that you serve um, because you choose it to be. Yes. But it's really there's a lot of trenchy work there. And yeah, I just really appreciate that.
1: And I was guilty of that. I felt like on my personal Instagram, because you you can't put the hardest part of, of this job um, out there on social media, but I was so guilty of that on my personal Instagram before starting The Modern Principle. Um, and then people would be like, oh my gosh, it looks like you're having so much fun. And it is like, yeah, I am having a lot of fun, but I'm not putting all the hard stuff on, on Instagram.
2: So.
0: First of all, because you can't bring a phone into the bathroom due to federal regulations. So I'm not going to um, take a selfie of myself hiding in the bathroom because it's the only space where nobody actually brings okay. me
2: <laughs> Right. That's <is> so true.
1: <laughs> so true. I may not have so to use I- it. I'm just going in here for a couple minutes. Yes, when you just take pictures of the the birthday cupcakes <laughs> and the parties uh-huh. and the hugs, then yeah, it does look like a very glamorous role.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and it's so it's such a good fine line not to diminish the you know the fact that you get to be the person in the hard spaces as well as the you know the the good spaces too. So I just really appreciate your work and That's
2: a really good way to put it. That is a really good way of putting it. I was reminded, you know, coming back to school this week was incredibly fulfilling. Um, yes. Just seeing our the kids and to know that for some of them, even like, like we, we talked about in our pre-chat, some of them struggled even on day one and to know that I'm still their person that they choose to help them when they're struggling is, um, is a big it's an honor. It's an honor. Yeah.
0: Yep. That's so good. I kind of put that to like as a secondary principle, there's some really dark, there is, there's dark stuff in every role. One of the things that I always struggle with is the expulsions. And that was just always very soul dusty for me. Um, because when you're going in it and you're doing it for students, you don't want to propel people out of it. Right. But there's like, there's a line. So I just kind of started to reframe for myself that, yes, I have to make this hard recommendation, but I get to be the one showing them love even still. Yes. I just applaud you and applaud applaud your work. Taking the lid off of some of it, but just making sure that we're still joyous in the work we're doing. So I am excited for my in-all community to join yours because our missions are very similar. Yes, yes. Okay, so ladies, let's get back to you as people here for just a minute. I'm gonna ask the two standard questions that I've got on this podcast. And the first one, and you can decide if you both wanna answer it, if you wanna tag team, you ladies are like, you know, totally in sync. I can tell that already from this interview. (laughs) so the first question is if you could write yourself a letter at any age or stage what would you say
2: <laughs> well I jokingly reflected on this because I was just with a group of friends that were with me at a certain age where I thought wearing overalls was a really good idea as well as bright purple eyeshadow and so I would like to remind myself to not ever do those things um, <laughs> but in addition to that when I started this with this role I'd like to write myself a little letter just to say I don't have to take everything on personally Um, and what I mean by that is um, I would often take the burdens of my students and my teachers into my own burdens. Um, And it would become very heavy for me. um, And just that empathetic side of me started to burn out pretty quickly. And so it is really, it's a very hard balance, but trying to figure out how to support with empathy without also having it impact um, my own mental stability and health. um, It was a really big challenge. I think my
1: letter to myself would have come um, after the birth of my first daughter and probably the biggest advice would be that life comes in seasons. And um, you can apply mm-hmm. that too to your to your career. Your career comes in seasons, um, and just to be really present in the season that you're in. I I really struggled after the birth of my first daughter to um, truly be present with her because ugh, I had just read Marissa Mayer. Uh, you know, Marissa Mayer was becoming the CEO of Yahoo, and she went back to work after just a few weeks. And Sheryl Sandberg had just written her book "Lean In," and so I was like, I have to lean in. I have to keep going and going and going. Um, as opposed to putting all of that energy um, into bonding with my my newborn. And so I think just knowing that life comes in seasons and different seasons require um, different things from you.
0: Such wisdom, ladies. I love it. The next question then is, if listeners are obviously loving this episode (laughs) yes (laughs) they find themselves kind of in a a pit of fear or doubt what would they need to hear from you right now to help them kind of crawl right up out of it
2: christy you had so much (laughs) wisdom on that last one i'm gonna make you answer this one (laughs) um i relate
1: this back kind of just my first year of principaling, and then um i kind of always relate to being a mother, um, because the first year of principaling was excruciating. And um, I felt like it was kind of like having your first baby and no one talks about it. And you wonder how everyone else is doing it. And they're not either, but nobody's talking about it. And, and so I think when you are in that, that space, to just know that you are not alone, because I think both situations for me felt really lonely. Um, and so... Find your network. And I think even just in the last five ish years, people are starting to talk about the hard things more on social media, like, you know, mental illness and loneliness, depression and anxiety. Um, and so finding those people that when you are in the depths that it can can relate with you and help you through that.
2: Yeah, and to build off that, like, um, it's nice to find a community as Christy related it to motherhood. She became a mom before I did, and I remember her advice to me when I became a mom was really helpful. Um, of just like, don't read the blogs, like, (laughs) but (laughs) when you're in that moment of like, um, do I pump? Do I have formula? Oh my gosh, what am I? I'm gonna hurt my baby, I can't do it all start diving in those mommy blocks i think you are the worst human ever so she did a really great job of just like quiet the noise and listen to yourself yeah. um and and to me that is a great advice but the other great advice through that was like find someone who's done it before you who's willing to be real with you to accept that like they will be honest about their fear. And so you don't feel like you're um, abnormal for having it or the doubt like that. It's more, it's completely normal and it should be there when you're doing really great things. And so that's a sign that what you're doing is really important. And so to find other people that have done those important things and have gotten through it is so beneficial.
0: Uh, You ladies are just speaking so much of the language of my heart. I just really thank I mean, really, it's, (laughs) I, I find it to be so relatable. And really grateful that I didn't have a cue into blogs when I was having children because <laughs> it's bad
2: right. I just, oh. for anybody listening
0: who's just oh. kind of ventured into that. And we're in the world of social media. That's it's so much more challenging, I, I think, than probably ever when you're cued into that and um, using that as your measure. Like you said, that it's real life versus real life, you know. Um, yep. And yes. so thank you for that. Yes. Okay. So since you talked about finding a network, would you ladies, um, let's just jump into some awe inspiring. Recommendations. Who do you think our listeners should connect with on social media?
2: Um, we have found um, just some different ways. One of our big things that we, like we talked about, was looking at systems that undermine equity. And so with our uh, modern principle, we've worked really hard to find um different Instagram people. And I don't even think that they know we follow them because we're not very big, but they are. <laughs> and so um, we've tried to find people that are in um the trenches teaching, but are uh, maybe from a um a group of people they identify with a group that is um not not in the majority. Um, and so we've really enjoyed listening to their voices as they amplify them and their experiences and learning from them so that we can be wise in our decision making as well. I love Too Cool for middle school. Um, she teaches
1: um, middle school, obviously, and um, I want to be in her class. I want my daughters to be in her class. She does, I mean, what I would consider like the epitome of like project-based learning and problem-solving um, Um, because everything she does is kind of rooted in equity. So she teaches history and I think English through basically an equity lens. And um, at least that's my perception of what she does based Mm -hmm. on her Instagram posts. And so it's just really, really inspiring. And I feel like it's what I tried to do as a teacher, but she's doing it so much better than I did.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I have, I have, I believe that. Um, we teach so much about other people's experiences through literature. And I have absolutely loved following the Tutu teacher. She's actually a kindergarten teacher. Um, and so she's important at she, that age. Yes, and she posts book recommendations frequently. I have purchased almost all of them. Um, and I use them in my school. And they're just great um, books that um, have a variety of different characters. Um, and it's just great to expose students to so many different perspectives.
0: Very good. Thank you so much. And those are both on Instagram. I'll be sure to link them up so that our listeners can get to them. You've already mentioned a book or two, but is there anyone
1: that you'd like to highlight here in the Inspiring Recommendations? Um, one that I recently finished, and since we're still kind of talking about equity, um, I just finished White Fragility um, by Robin D'Angelo, And it was the best book I have ever read about um, race relations and social justice. And she just kind of breaks down why it's so hard for white people to talk about race and and thus why it's so hard to dismantle racism while also reminding us that racism is not an event. Um, I think sometimes we we forget that it's not an event. It's really a series of structures and systems that are put in place to um, keep powerful, um, to keep power where it currently is. And so um, I would definitely recommend that to anyone.
2: Yeah. And on that note, um, it's just so much to unpack and, um, I'm, I'm sure it sounds, um, for people that haven't really started to dive in there, like a lot of things, a lot of different concepts, but I just finished a podcast that was amazing and connected completely with that. It's called scene on radio. Um, and it's like seen like a movie scene. Um, and there he does different seasons, um, different series. And one series was just on being white. And so, um, it was a lot like what Christy described. It just kind of unpacked our um, society and how um, race came to be and how it came to be intertwined in our structures.
0: Oh, ladies, I just want to let you know that you may have not elected this, but you're my best friends. <laughs> 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 because... Uh, everything you've talked about. We um, in this series on fearlessness have covered so much of the similar conversation without even trying. I just really appreciate that you uh, mentioned this idea of equity and just entering into these conversations race and how challenging it can be. And I just hope my listeners have really appreciated. And if you're just kind of like your chest is feeling warm and you're like, OK, Sarah, I get it. Um, I just am so thankful that you two ladies are out there in the world and that you've shared with my community these really important conversations and that you will continue to impact our, not only our educational world, but the people around you. And it's just going to have this really beautiful ripple effect. And I'm so thankful that you shared these awe-inspiring recommendations because they're really critical for all of us leading in schools now, probably more than ever.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, we agree. Yeah. And do there's a lot of opportunity just to kind of learn on your own. I mean, and that's kind of our obligation is to um, learn about the experiences of others. And so... Um, I think social media can be so harmful for that <laughs> because everyone just tries to amplify their voice louder. Um, and so finding the spaces where they really um, work to kind of unpack things is really important. And so we appreciate the work you're doing too.
0: <laughs> oh, well, thank you. And as educators, let's just be really mindful about you know, what we consume so that whatever we regurgitate is of good sound thinking and of good sound practices, right? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Well, ladies, I know that my listeners are going to want to engage with you and you've referenced Instagram and I will for sure link that. Is there any way um, that you would recommend for them to be able to either get into your community or um, be able to speak to either one of you or both directly?
1: Yeah. We've talked about Instagram at The Modern Principle. We're also on Twitter um, and it's Modern Principle with no the. We've got a blog at the or the modernprinciple.com.
2: Yep. You can visit our website. You can email us through there. Um, You can also um, DM us through any of our social media. We're on Facebook as well. Um, We've had a lot of people just randomly reach out to us on Instagram about starting a new adventure in leadership and um, just trying to build each other's communities. And so we've really loved that experience. We're pretty good. We don't have a ton of followers, so we're pretty good about responding. (laughs) So we'll get you. If you hit us up, we'll hit you back. Yeah. Um, We do have a vlog, and it's on YouTube at The
1: Modern Principle, and we link those when we release them. And my husband is actually at home right now, trying to strip the audio into a podcast. So maybe a podcast soon too. We'll see. Yay. I will be
0: an absolute, a definite subscriber. So you can count that one.
1: Awesome.
0: <laughs> All one. right. Well, thank you ladies so much. It's been such a, a really filling experience to have this conversation with you. And I know my listeners are going to gain value in the mission and your message. So thank you so much for taking the time to have this inspiring interview.
1: Thank, thank you. you.